listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while while we break break it all down. down Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Cannabis Hangout. My name is Saab. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be having a cannabis conversation with my friend John. Back in the day, John and I worked together for a numerous amount of years and we connected over technology and cannabis. And that's kind of how we've kept in touch, mostly through weed, but a little bit through technology. Um, and I wanted to bring John on the podcast because we haven't gotten a lot of insight on concentrate users as patients. So um, the purpose for today's podcast is we're going to have John talk about all things concentrates and break it down for you guys in a way that you can understand as a patient. So everyone, welcome John to the Cannabis Hangout. Welcome, John. (laughs) So I'm just going to kind of start. I know that obviously Saba knows you a lot. I just met you. Um, So just kind of tell me, tell anyone who's listening a little bit about yourself and when you started using cannabis. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I uh, turned 30 this year. Uh, I've been using cannabis for about, I would say 12 years since I was 18. I first got exposed to it in college. Um, moving from small town to big city. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a major game changer for me. Um, Being in small town, I had a lot of like undiagnosed anxiety my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that all stemmed from PTSD from when I was uh, five. Um, My parents left me and my brother alone and went to a wedding Mm -hmm. uh, one night when it was storming really bad and our house got destroyed by lightning. Oh my gosh. While we were alone. (laughs) I know. While you two were alone. I never knew that. That's crazy. Yeah, so lightning, uh, I remember pretty vividly because we were sitting on the couch watching the Flintstones movie with John Goodman. How old were you? I was five. And he was? Uh, My brother would have been 11. Oh, wow. Okay, so So. at least he was a little bit more Yeah, we were a little bit younger. We we were young. (laughs) Yeah, still. Yeah, and yeah, uh, so yeah, left us alone to go to this wedding and it was storming. And yeah, unfortunately, like lightning struck our house in in two different places, struck our chimney and then another part of our house. And it blew up our chimney and (gasps) blew up the house and set everything on fire and... (gasps) What did y'all do? Uh, freaked out. I was six. So yeah, I was just, you know, five, bless six. your heart. I was just running yeah, around, like, gosh. screaming. And, um, and yeah, we, like, you were throwing shit down in the basement, just freaking mm-hmm. out or whatever. And that, uh, after the, you know, post that, it's all fuzzy and hazy or whatever. But that right. was, like, that's the crazy. birth of my anxiety throughout yeah, the rest of my life. That's quite traumatizing. That's yeah, very Only a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, worked through all that. And then, uh, you know, a small town and just general laws and stigma of marijuana made it uh, impossible to attain or look into it all mm-hmm. and then through college and and just general happenstance through friends and stuff like that i happen to, to try it and and uh you know see those medical benefits yeah, for mm-hmm. its you know, depression and anxiety qualities and sleep mainly and yeah did you grow up in oklahoma like i did yeah okay yeah yeah i grew up in, in very small town western oklahoma okay <laughs> where it's definitely illegal and frowned upon yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah one of those yeah <laughs> definitely um okay so let's kind of just start with a basis um if obviously there's lots of different variables to 
concentrate. Sorry, I'm losing my thought. John gave us a dab of grape and sun before, and it's kind of slowing me down here mentally. Um, But (laughs) so for somebody who's new into concentrates, doesn't know what it is, like just give a quick rundown on dabs. Like what are dabs? Just for somebody who has no idea, smokes flour, is new into the game and has just... So, I mean, dabs or, uh, I mean, there's, there's various different words for it. Just general concentrates are concentrated THC or other cannabinoids. Um, dabs don't just have to be THC. There are, there are CBD dabs, there are CBN dabs. It just oh, depends wow. on how they can, mm-hmm. how they can, you know, isolate and concentrate those things. Um, but that's essentially what it is. It's a, it's a, you know, combustionless, uh, a method of, of ingesting marijuana. Pretty potent. It is extremely potent. Um, yes, typically you're, <laughs> you're, you're, when you're when you're concentrating that, that's that's the point of that. It's uh, it's getting everything, if you will. Yeah. There's there's various methods to that as well. So when when you started your journey, did you start? Which obviously, I think back then you're a little bit older than me. Back then, they didn't dabs like weren't very known or I don't know. Like were they? I don't know. So not not necessarily. I mean, they were just not in our market. Um, and not whenever, not in Oklahoma, not whenever mm-hmm. I started smoking, it was whatever flower you could get that was from whatever Wherever, state was legal yeah. that drove it in. You know yeah. what I mean? So dabs are usually not a part of that. Um, cause it, it does take, um, you know, it's much different than just flour. It's, it takes a lot of, of mass to actually mm-hmm. make those concentrates. So prices vary depending on what extraction method you're using yeah. and, and, uh, who's providing it. Mm-hmm. So. so you started with flour and, when do you remember the first time you took a dab? Uh, yes, good God! <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us yeah, tell us the story we want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that comes in hot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, first time I actually took like a like a real a real solid dab um, was actually after I got my card. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try into this, get into this game, and I went and got some uh, white moose shatter from Electroleaf downtown, um, and. It was like lemon cookie shatter, I believe was what it was. Okay, I just want to stop and say really quick, I had no idea that you just recently got into, con- like not recently, but like yeah, when you when it became legalized, I had no idea about that. Yep. I thought you've been dabbing for like ever. No. Oh shit, okay, well, keep going, sorry. Definitely That's no, crazy. No. Been, been, been dabbing pretty exclusively for about a year, year and a half. Wow, okay, cool. Yeah, so not, not until after I got my card. Um, but yeah, the experience was just insane as far as how much um, more intense. Mm-hmm. The the effect was for how much little effort I put in. Yeah, how much little I did. Yes. Um. You know, there's much less smell overall, like on your person. You, yeah. You, know, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. smell like flour, although I loves that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. definitely not hating on that, but some people do. So. Yeah. Um. Just there, there was a lot of benefits there for that throughout the day, and the high just feels a lot cleaner to me rather than that that flour combustion with it. Yeah. Um. And after you dab for a while, um unless you're smoking really, really good flour, it just doesn't cut it anymore because you're, you're getting all that terpene profile. I you're feel getting that. all so that flavor. I, what you're saying, you get all the terpene profile and flavor. Mm-hmm. What do you think, um, is, like personally, the benefits of using concentrates like versus maybe flour? Like, do you think there's, like, what do you think about that? The benefits of that specifically. So it's a much faster delivery system for okay. me, at least. Especially That's a good way to describe it. Every, yeah. Everybody's tolerance is is always different. Everybody's mm-hmm. experience with cannabis is absolutely. Is, is absolutely different. It's always going to be that way. Um, for me, even though I've been smoking flour for a long time, that that tolerance level builds to where yeah, you need quite a bit more flour or different flour all the time. Yeah. Yes, um, I feel that. I never have that experience with concentrates. <laughs> Every single time I've ever used a concentrate. It, it always works for me usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much easier to find 
specific terpene profiles and specific concentrations that you're looking for. Yeah. To say that I like, you know, a whole bunch of carophylline, I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I can shop around for concentrates that have a terpene profile on them that are high carophylline, high linalool, high stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I find that easier than, you know, looking at a flower, looking at their test results yes. and then mm-hmm. wondering whether or not I'm getting a mixed batch or, you know, what it's. Right. You know, like that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a really good way to put it. I think it's really good perspective. I feel like, yeah. Um, so with concentrates, there's multiple different realms yes. of what different types, kinds. So shatter rosin, different categories. Yeah. Like what would you, what are the differences in these, the consistencies and are the, like, are the highs, like I know with f- obviously flower and like cartridges i know the mm-hmm. highs very uh, that's kind of a bad but like i know a different flower i feel different like with hydroponic versus like mm-hmm. you know so you feel different things and you definitely notice those things do you find the same with like shatter versus wax versus like you know brands that do different things like like uh, what are the differences in those first yeah. maybe and then what do you find different like various highs between like shatter you know all that stuff yeah so really uh, concentrates can be broken down into two different categories these days, and that's solventless and solvent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, ones that use ice water to make hash and then press that hash with rosin or just use flour to press rosin with just heat and pressure or solvents who use, you know, butane, propane, or, uh, I mean, there's, there's a variety of other ones that people use CO2, for instance, like, you know, mammoth, mm-hmm. um, to, to get those ex- extractions. Um, they both have their positives and benefits. Um, you know, I prefer, I lean towards more the, the show side, the, the solventless hash oil side for, mm-hmm. for ice water hash. Um, but yeah, they, they, they both definitely have their, their pluses and minuses. Um, as far as I'll just go through show first, as far as like solventless hash oil goes, that's to me the cleanest possible form of medicine, the cleanest and most possible potent form of medicine that you can get out of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, solventless hash oil. Yeah. Like okay. that's, 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 yeah. that's what we do. That's the Y99. You did just look yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's that from Hilltop. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's just where you go. BHO, you butane hash oil, PHO, propane hash oil. It's just that's HO is usually the the second half of all those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to me, it's it's just the purest form and most potent form that you can get. Um, a long time ago, like you know, Afghani and Indian Pakistani zone, like Europe, all of them, they realized a long time ago that you know all the benefit of that is in the it's in the resin glands. Like it's not necessarily the plant plant material. It's it's those resin glands that's producing that right. has that interesting that has all yeah. those terpenes in it that has the stuff that that you know the CBD that gets us where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so, taking that out of the plant, refining it down, getting the purest form of it, uh, and then intaking that, I think it's just it's the you're going to get the the best flavor, the most the what it's actually supposed to taste mm-hmm. like without any of the plant material, without any of the combustion. Um, and yeah, oh, it's good. Yeah. yeah. So now that tasty. you now that you say that, and I'm observing the high that I feel right now, I yeah. feel I do feel like it's very clean. I feel very clear headed, even mm-hmm. though it's grape and Stein is a, more of a hybrid, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit more into cleaning hybrid. I feel not that. Like I feel very. I can think this through. Yes, I'm a little bit high, but yeah. it's not over like overwhelming. It feels very clean, you know. And like, yeah, yeah I could probably do a couple more and probably be fine and be yeah. high. But do you? I mean, and now that you say that, I feel like I'll probably notice more, but. Do you find like some companies who do use BHO to be more harsh when you dab them versus like the solventless or do you not really notice a difference? It, it really just, it depends on, 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 on the processor and what, yeah. on, on how well they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be really bad BHO and there can be really, really good BHO. Yeah. Um, it just depends on the method, methods that they use mm-hmm. and the starting material that they use as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, 
you know, fire in, fire out is the, yeah. is, the, is the statement all the time. Yeah. It's really hard to fire in, fire out with BHO, though, a lot of the times. Okay. Um, That's interesting. With BHO, you can use, um, you know, significantly less quality material. You can use biomass or other things because mm-hmm. you're, you're just blasting it all with yeah. solvent. So mm-hmm. you're taking it all out that way. Um, whereas you're, you're washing trichrome heads off with solventless. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make, make it bad and it doesn't make BHO processors bad because they can, they can get medicine out there quicker and in higher quantities yeah. and at a cheaper price. Mm, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So that, that that's the next thing. Is, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That does not make that bad. It, mm-hmm. it, it makes it accessible and available for people. Yeah. Um, and, and like I was saying, there is bad BHO. Of course you can make it. It's, yeah, you, totally. Yeah. There are dudes that make it in their garage. It can be done. Sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can buy a full kit on Amazon. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's, 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 it still gets that out there to the patient and depending on if they're using live material, cured material, mm-hmm. they, they can still preserve terpene profiles really well and still allow that option of like specific terpenes. And, right. Yeah. And, I feel like and, Sunday and extracts does a really good job of yeah. that. They provide a lot of cool and consistent strains, very new, but they, yep. you can always still find their old strains, which is nice. Cause they're always, I'm always seeing new, like fresh stuff from them, yeah. but I always see like, golden goat and like the ones that you know the the ones that people really the staples that people really like the pura vita like they always have those available for patients which i think is really cool that's interesting that you say that because you also just said before we hopped on the mic that um some dispensaries only get a very limited drop of hash Mm -hmm. or live rosin and um for those who are listening and listen to what john just said it it's interesting because prices like when I go in and I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm going to spend $80 on that. Like, oh, yikes, <laughs> you know, but like yeah. you saying that makes me realize there's so much more behind it. And like, even just saying the cleanliness of the high and all this stuff. Now I'm like, okay, now that I understand, I'm more likely to be open to buying stuff like that. So I feel like that was like a misconception on my part. Yeah. So with that, I'm segueing into, do you find there to be a lot of misconceptions in the concentrate world for either beginners, people who have already been doing it, anything like that? Absolutely. Um, there's, there's a lot <laughs> as far as that goes. You yeah. never really know what type of concentrate you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be trim run, nug run, if it's a, uh, you know, if it's going to be a live or cured resin, so yeah. some, some places will put what's going to be on there, mm-hmm. but knowing what type of flower went into that is super important on whether or not I'll buy something, especially yeah. the terpene profiles, mm-hmm. um, cured, re- like cured resin. Like if you've, if you've, you're making, you know, BHO from flour that's been cured, mm-hmm. um, the terpene degradation there has been going on for a while Yeah, and blasting that is not going to do a lot to preserve those terps. Mm-hmm. So you're probably not going to have a really fine in starting material, but Hey, that's going to be a cheaper option. option. Yeah. yeah. So, um, to me, I'd probably avoid that. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, at that point, if you're paying for concentrates, I wish I, I prefer the best quality possible. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's one of, like, I think the biggest misconceptions is people always want, like, shatter because it's cheapest and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But they also don't know, like, what the end result is or what all that's going behind the, yeah. like, the art of making the product. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, you even just educating me on that. I feel like I've kind of been ignorant to that. But now that we we talked the other day and we talked today and I'm like, okay, that makes so much more sense because it's such an intricate process and people only get limited drops of it because it is so expensive that it makes it more of like a niche market, which makes Mm -hmm. it more attractive. I mean, I think so. There's like a high demand for it, but that's limit. That's why I was saying we're kind of living in the golden age of hash at the moment in Oklahoma because we have, we have such a great market and great system here Mm -hmm. that we have so many awesome growers and so many awesome farms 
that a lot of them are getting into the like single source hash game, if you will, at the moment. So yeah. they're growing their own and they're dedicating own parts of their mm-hmm. own crop directly to hash for these drops. So that's where you're seeing these these current these like leap logic uh, collaborations with like PRG and, yeah. and and stuff like that right mm-hmm. now. That's why you're that's that, awesome. That, They're collabing. I know. Amazing, it's dope to see people. Yeah. yeah so. Yo, shout out to those brands. Such that good hard work. Yeah. I know. And like you, you feel it. Like I feel it. I feel amazing. And I feel hmm. like I didn't damage my lungs. Like I just, I feel very clean so while being high. Mm-hmm. And it's a, <laughs> I enjoy awesome. it. So, yeah, I'm very enjoying it. Do you smoke? So do you buy flower at all still? Absolutely. Are you? Okay. I grow. So yeah. I, okay. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so you, when you go to, you do edibles too, oh, right? Yeah. So you just, I, that's cool that you're diverse in it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, where my question was going? Uh, your question was going is we had talked about you were harvesting. Yeah. What are you doing with your harvest? Tell us about that. So yeah, I intend on washing and doing my own hash yeah. <laughs> on this one. Yeah. Which is exciting. And how, so you've probably been doing a lot of research. What do you anticipate it to be like? Are you anticipating? Cause obviously it's usually trial and error. Yeah. Um, how like what's that process gonna look is it gonna be like a two-day process yeah, like, what just, are you following yeah to, what do to, you like, follow know yeah. what to do so, like are you reading instructions <laughs> you know so major for growing major shout out to growweedeasy.com that is so I, simple every single wow. person i've ever told any advice to or anything just go to growweedeasy.com okay. it's been a community sourced website for years and it has every single info wow. you could possibly need and great advice Great uh, resource. Yeah, good yeah. to know. That's what it is. Growweedeasy.com. <laughs> it's super easy. We'll give you everything you need. Um, so yeah, through that. But yeah, I plan on washing and making my own hash out of this most recent harvest that I've got coming up. It's just mandarin cookies right now. I'm probably about three weeks away or so, four cool. or three, four weeks away. Um, and yeah, I expect to screw it up, actually. I don't <laughs> expect to necessarily get, yeah. get uh, a great yield out of it. Um, but yeah, like washing that with bubble bags, um, I intend to chop the plant, freeze it directly overnight for about 36 or so hours uh, and then wash that whole plant with ice water and send it through the micron screens to collect those trichrome heads. Um, and then from there, after that dries, I'll uh, smash that with a rosin press, the dab press. That's cool. Yeah, is the brand. That's crazy. And do you have our, do you already have the dab press? Yeah. That's so dope. So are yeah. you going to, how much I, is a dab press? Uh, I have a, I have a 10 ton uh, dab press and it was 500. Okay. That's not horrible. Um, and yeah, I got it through before quarantine and COVID and stuff happened. So it was. Yo, that's going to be game changing if you can just get. chill at home, grow your own weed and make yeah. your own dabs. Like you literally never have to spend money if you don't so want to. You said you chose <laughs> so awesome. Mandarin cookies. Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm why a, did you, you, why did you choose that strain specifically uh, to make? I'm, I'm an ethos fanboy. I, uh, they're the first stuff that I started growing and I'm one of the ethos, uh, multi-pass members. Um, I didn't bring my card. Or and tell, okay. Just what for those ethos? who don't know, what is ethos? Ethos is the uh, genetics company out of Colorado. Colin Gordon is the guy that runs them. Okay. Um, they're responsible for strains like Mandarin cookies and, uh, apex, um, blueberry Obama. A lot, a lot of super popular stuff. That's, that's out recently or that's been crossed into a lot of other stuff. Okay. Jerry Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> it's just um, one of your favorite strains. Yeah, Mandarin's so good. Definitely yeah. one of my favorite strains, hands down. Okay. Um, as far as like an actual fruity and gassy profile, mm-hmm. that stuff is the jam. Uh, when done right, it's great. So but, speaking yeah. of profile, um, are you, I don't know how it works for patients, but let's say everything goes according to plan. Are you wanting to get your stuff tested? Can patients get their stuff tested? Is it, how does that work? Do you know about that? So I have. 
had my original grows tested. Okay. Um, when I had like when I had a crop of lilac diesel tested last year, I had mm-hmm. Fast Labs do that. Yeah. Um, that was pre Unity Bill. Um, and I'm not positive on the legality of going forward, but gotcha, okay. they, I believe you still can. I'm pretty positive you still can. Interesting. Actually. That's um, cool. For me, it was, I did have to pay, but I was able to get a, a terpene and, and THC yeah. cannabinoid profile test. And that was awesome. I'll that totally is, do it again from, for this most recent stuff. If I yeah. Can, that so. would be really cool to see because yeah. then you could really see like, did the plant go right? You know, yeah. just like all the things. That's very interesting. That was my whole point of doing the last one. I was like, I got to see if I screwed this up. It definitely smells like I didn't screw it up. But yeah, yeah let's, that's a good sign. You got to try some of it. So yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was. I tried his lilac diesel, diesel and it was actually nice. really great. Yeah. It was really awesome. It was really cool smoking flour from somebody that I knew that grew it yeah. at their house. It was just more special. I was like, holy shit. I don't, we John grew this. Done that. <laughs> yeah, we definitely haven't done that. But it was really cool. Like just it felt instant appreciation. That and it just yeah. felt very full circle. It was cool. Um, so going to switch it up a little bit. Cold start. Um, so we just took a cold start dab and I didn't, I've done it like once or twice before we had done it the other night, but tell our listeners and Brandon didn't know what a cold start was before. Um, so one thing that I hate when I take dabs and makes me a little bit weary and turned off is my lungs burning because, and then this is going to segue into another question, but, um, temperature. So, what is a cold start? And then for those who don't do cold starts, what's a good way to gauge your temperature without using like a turpometer or like one of those fancy, you know, temperature reading tools. Cause that's one thing that I have really hard time with. And I always burn my lungs is temperature. Well, as I say, you and me have Rios. Yeah. It's it's, it's super easy to blast on there. Yeah. Just use the little turn knob. Um, but every banger is different. Yeah. Um, so some people have, you know, they have e-nails or they have a, a titanium nail or they have, you know, we have quartz, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so everything has different heat up temperatures and cool down temperatures. And you just kind of have to get a feel for that with your banger. Um, and that always just takes a little bit of trial and error. Um, personally with me and with like, you know, hash rosin, all, all cold started, like you're saying, I'll, I'll throw the dab in there prior. Mm-hmm. Um I'll heat it up until it just completely all melts, not necessarily until it's, you know, on fire or anything mm-hmm. like that, just until it melts. Then I'll turn off the heat and, and take the dab then. Um, and and it's it's usually recommended to do hash real low temp if you can, lowest temp you can okay, to, I didn't to, know that. to preserve the temps and things like that. Um, and that's just how I prefer to do it. Like it's, it's, it's just an easier, colder dab. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the tastiest way to do it for me. Um, so like what's the temp on? Like ballpark, mean? just like what ballpark, what do you think the temp would be to for make it a, a cold start? Is that it's, what you're so it's not on cold, anything. Yeah, cold cold start is just oh, like you're just lighting your, it. It's literally just oh, in no. there and then you start it and you light it. But typically like around 500 or so is what you want to do a, a rosin dab at is what most people would say. So if you're, if you're sitting there, you know, blazing down mm-hmm. one, what I do, my, my usual go-to if I'm like breaking in a new banger my go-to advice would be to heat it up until you see a little bit of the red on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like just, just until it starts to glow, not entirely get the mm-hmm. whole, don't get the whole thing just scorching red to where it'll, you know, set, set a tissue on fire if you see it next to it, or something. Yeah. but just get it until it starts to glow and then back off, literally start a timer and wait 50 seconds. Okay. And then throw your dab in there. Cool. Um, That's if, good to if, know. If yeah. you're going to hot start, I always say get it to glow just a little bit and then wait 50 seconds. That's a good key. Yeah, good sometimes I get mine scorching red and you're not supposed to do that because yes. it messes up the banger. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, for those who are listening, do not do that. Do yeah. not make mistakes. A, l- a little like bit that. of TLC goes a long, long way with bangers. Yeah. So if you're get, so if you were a first time concentrate user, mm-hmm. what kind of dabbing tool 
like would you recommend for somebody that's like not too extreme yeah something that's easy but so there's, there's actually there's a ton of really good starting options um i highly recommend uh for example like the boundless turp pen is a really good cheap mm, and small yes device. it's a little e-device um you can actually just dab out of the container that the dab is in um there's hmm. also if you want to go into a little more high class area of that there's the uh the e-rig step would probably be the puffco plus um, okay and those are ceramic chambers and those are actually pretty great um i've got a friend that has one of those and that's like his daily driver like that's what he uses all day long um or there's other like smaller earrings too that you can get that are around the same price. Those are just right. kind of the, the more name brand ones. That's cool. That pin sounds nice. Yeah, that pin sounds really I nice. I want to try that. Yeah, yeah I, I actually have most tried places it. Places around the city. Yeah, and they're uh, I think they're only like fifty, sixty yeah. dollars. They're really not that bad. It's like a turp pin. It's called Boundless Turp Pin, I believe. Is the brand. I think Morgan pen. might have them. At his I think sensory. so too. So compare that to like a nectar collector. Is a nectar collector like something to stay away from? Because I had originally got that because I thought that would be the easiest way. Yeah. But like two months getting into it, I was like, I fucking hate this i like don't like this because i had yeah. no control over the titanium like you know and i just like i just i felt like i was wasting my dabs obviously there's no real way to clean it because everything gets gunked up in there and it's really freaking gross so would if you're gonna spend the money it's better to do it in a pen versus like yeah. multiple nectar collectors i would recommend these days there's just really good really cheap electronic options yeah. that are so mm -hmm. much easier on your lungs, your wallet and <laughs> just your sanity. Yeah. Cause like ha having to learn the process and the techniques of, of getting dabs right to where you want them is, is just almost unnecessary at this point. It's, yeah. it's, almost, an, it's almost more the art heady side of things. Than yeah. It is the, mm -hmm. the necessity side of things. Cause like, yeah. the technology is evolving yeah. with it. I think about getting Puffco, Puffco plus all the time. I'm like, yeah. man, this just goes in my pocket. It's got a little thing on the end. I'm just like, Oh, mm. cool. That but, would be, yeah, that would be really so, good. Dang. Like the, the technology is there. We have we have the tech. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> we live technology around here. It makes life easier. But, um, so my last question is going to be: as an advanced user, what's something beginner beginners to concentrates would benefit from knowing? Uh, and I say this with other stuff too. If you get the opportunity, shop with your nose. Okay. Um, don't just look at the THD content. Don't just look at the terp numbers, all that stuff like that. If they actually will let you smell something or if they have testers, shop with your nose. If it smells like something you're going to like, your body's going to like it too. And that's just always a, yeah. a fair estimate for me with most cannabis products. Same. I feel very same with that. Do most dispensaries let you smell their concentrates? So, Like, yeah. what do you, do yeah. they? Yeah, well, like, do so. you just ask? If, if it's like, if they're not like you know, offering it and you're trying to look for something, do you ask if like you can smell it? Some places will have testers. Yeah. Um, okay. so some won't, some, some are pre-sealed. Um, right. most of these places will provide them with a tester that you can, that you can whiff. Um, okay. So you could just ask, like, do you have a yeah. tester of that mm -hmm. that I could smell? Yeah. Most of the places. So if you're going to like the, the hash drop zones, mm -hmm. like, um, Tegrity's like, so, like for example, I live down on May. So like Tegrity's my, my, my drop zone for all that kind of stuff. So where they're here. known for, like yeah. that's what they do anyways. Yeah. They'll, they'll have a little display. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, can I check any of the new drops? They'll, they'll throw it out and Hey, there's all the, the new Smith Valley. And you're welcome like to smell yeah. them with them. Yeah. Most cool. of the time they're mm -hmm. pretty on board with it. If they're a, if, if they're a shop that's, you know, has a lot of rosin, they'll be like, Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, here's the new, really here's down. that new new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, just, I think our last question, I know you said earlier, um, Saba asked you the, a conception about cannabis with in like concentrate areas, mm -hmm. but what would you personally say is the biggest misconception of cannabis, marijuana, weed, like in general, like aside from dabs and concentrates? 
just uh, the stigma. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, we still live in America's heartland, and the stigma is definitely still there. Right. And I think at this point, it's getting put down on business owners and farmers and growers. Uh, there are still laws out there that don't protect dispensaries mm-hmm. and growers from, say, like a school or church popping up right next to them. Well, guess yeah. what? They take precedence over that grow or that, that dispensary now, and that dispensary or that grow has to move. Um Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that sucks. I, I think so, there's still right. some refining to our laws that we can do. Um, Always, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, and this is this is from our side too. People don't. People really take for granted we have the best system in the nation. I would mm-hmm. probably argue the world. We really do. Oklahoma and seven eight eight and the patients that fought for it and what we have is amazing. Mm-hmm. We have such a good system here um, that I think we need to protect that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's good. That's really that solid. That was a really good answer. Yeah. Good John. job. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of you. You passed. And for that, we get to take a dab. <laughs> Many dabs. Well, John, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to hear? Or is there anything you else want to say before we close out? Uh, not really. I mean, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram <laughs> at grow405, grow.405. If you ever want to talk about growing stuff or dabs or anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm John. always down to help or, you know. Take dabs. Just, yeah, take dabs. <laughs> John's the coolest. Aw, thanks for being here, yeah, John. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for being a part of our journey. We're very happy to have you. Yeah. And stay tuned for next week's episode of The Cannabis Hangout. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.